City on the edge. 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 And welcome to the City on the Edge podcast, a podcast telling Albuquerque stories. Uh, your hosts today are Mike Smith, Hello. Nora Hickey, hey. and myself, Ty Bannerman. And this is part two of our Route 66 coverage. Right. Um, usually, we start with a news story. Mike? <laughs> it's just, it's, I, I can't bear it this week. It's too depressing. I don't want to do it. There's truly awful news in the yeah, air here. Yeah. The kind of news that doesn't help anybody no. to know about either, I think. No. Yeah, so we're going to skip that, um, but uh, maybe everybody could, you know, make a promise to treat each other nicely for a little while in Albuquerque. Um, oh, I just remembered what the story... Did you do it? Yeah, um, guys, I just remembered a really great news story. Okay, well, let's see <laughs> something, if we can pull this transition off. Yeah, well, <laughs> something that's not so, so dark and depressing. Um, anyway, you guys saw this thing about... Uh, Here's the headline. Twerking and lowriders shut down Route 66 in New Mexico. Yeah. So the story is that um, last uh, Sunday night, um, a local rap artist named Jando, Jandro, uh, not familiar with his work, I must say, uh, decided to film a hip-hop video um, outside of, a, uh, outside of a, a shop in downtown Albuquerque on Route 66. And it just turned into a spontaneous block party. And it says in the news story that there were hundreds of people twerking in the streets. I saw the video. There were two twerking. This there says hundreds. Where are the rest of them? <laughs> <laughs> One they might were... have been me. Well, anyway, they <laughs> shut down the road. Um, and the nice thing is that they didn't have proper permits to do this, but the police uh, went went down, and instead of, like, breaking it up or whatever, uh, they decided that they would just kind of, like, direct traffic around it and not let anybody else into the area. So I thought, that's a, that's a really kind of a good, positive Albuquerque story. I guess so. The police decide not to exercise their authority for once. It's community. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're helping facilitate. Yeah, it's yeah. Route 66 and the Mother Road. I think everything. it's funny that the police not shooting people in the news now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, <Hands working. laughs> well, maybe you know what, what can we say? It, it signals maybe a difference in outlook and attitude. It also that news story reeked of people trying to scrape up controversy. Like you can tell that they were like trying to find officers that were upset about it and stuff. What do you mean? To watch the video clip. I mean, it's just like you're like, well, what do you think about this? Is this setting a precedent? Is this you know? You can just kind of feel that. I mean, yeah. You know, what if everybody does this all the time? Nobody will ever be able to drive again. Right. I know. That kind yeah, of stuff. But no, also, I didn't see that. Factor in that, like, this is like the Albuquerque rap community. I wouldn't break up that party either. My half of people are packing. Well, don't you think the cops <laughs> would though? Normally, <laughs> like, isn't that the whole point? Maybe. <laughs> We're talking about a community that's often targeted with uh, with violence, yeah. and here they are. They're doing a kind of a, a positive, yeah. constructive yeah. thing here. Yeah. They're making art. No, we have some great rappers in town. I, yeah. I got to be the, because of my connections at one point with the Alibi, I got to judge a hip-hop contest. I would, like, it was, oh, a, cool. it was great. It was in this, that was a nightclub. I don't want to say evolution, but I'm, I'm not Otis? sure. No, no, no. We had a, I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, no, but it was, um, 
it was uh, there was it was great. Some of the people were super talented. There were wonderful local rappers from Cron Jeremy, one of my favorites, to the whole Stackhouse Music crew. They're incredible. But um, there was this one guy, and his whole persona was car thief. That was it. And all the songs were about breaking into people's cars and stealing stuff. And he had this one song that is burned into my mind forever. It goes, leave your wallet in the car. Leave your wallet in the car. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. It, but I was like, I think that was a good song. And I feel like anthropologically that was a really interesting glimpse into something. But, but also, I'm glad I don't leave my wallet in the car. Don't leave your wallet in the car. I mean, he's, <laughs> right. he's giving people good yeah. advice. It's yeah. not like he's saying... No, oh, he's he saying said, leave your wallet. Oh, that's bad advice. And then, and then oh, the verses he's trying were to about trick people. people being stupid. And like, yeah. You know, and he's going to punish them for their stupidity. Dude, one of my, yeah. like, here's my, one of my crime-fighting yeah. tips in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This yeah. is what you do. You do not lock your car, and you do not leave anything in it. Because if you lock your car, somebody will think there's something in it and break your window. Interesting. And... At least this way, if they think there's something good in your car, they just open the door and, you know, yeah. rifle through your change door or yeah. drawer or whatever. I lock my car, but I don't leave anything visible. Yeah, yeah but, but you'll, you'll, get, you'll get your window broken. Maybe. Just so they yet, check but... it out or yeah. they want to just check it out. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I think, it is. You know, it's common enough, I guess. We also have some great uh, uh, women rappers in town, too. Asliani, I think she moved to Sa- Santa Fe, but her stuff is hmm. so cool. And okay. uh, Envy, the queen, was, uh, was her name. Uh, and I'm not calling her the queen. That's her name. Oh. Envy the queen. Envy the queen. <laughs> you think really highly of yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, no. But we have some really interesting, cool local acts. I'm a little out of out of that scene now, but I used to go to those shows and mm. have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And now yeah. it'll bring anyway. the mother road yeah. and the local scene Well, here it is. It's, it, I think it just shows like this is, you know, still like a, a major part of Albuquerque's identity. Yeah. Things are yeah. happening on yeah. Route 66. And what a positive thing for like That's true, yeah. it to be, I mean, yes, it, maybe it is kind of a news story that the cops don't shoot anybody. Right, right. But I mean, I think that they handled that perfectly right, right? Sure. You know, yeah. you can't, you, they didn't go in and just like try to round everybody up because they looked a certain yeah. way or whatever. Who did that news story? Was that that was uh, Albuquerque Journal? Okay, well there there was one on on uh, I think it was KRQ13 and they were it was just man they were just like obviously yeah. looking for controversy. Well, that's the TV that news me. too though, right? Aren't they always kind of yeah. like trying to find yeah. somebody who's mad about something? That's just cr- you can tell they're trying to like ignite like little like white concern or something or you know it's just uh, no doubt but yeah. anyway anyway um, let's right. yeah, uh, I like your positive spin tie it's good I don't want to break your optimism grandpa angry grandpa Mike over here <laughs> like, I think it sucks <laughs> no I, was like, I, just, I don't know I also don't I also feel like a lot of these sto- positive police stories are like so planted and constructed sometimes well I don't think know? this one was but well, I, I think this is like a real yeah. happening this is something that sort of spontaneously happened but why focus on the police in this story at well, all? They mentioned the police. They, you know, this one does did not particularly focus on it, mm-hmm. other than they asked the police if 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 they had the permits necessary. Yeah. Um, no citations were issued, yeah. and and no arrests were made. That's the main thing that they say uh, here. Why would you ever get permits as a filmmaker, man? I just just go, just do it because you don't want to <laughs> you know, get arrested all the yeah. time. I know. I, I like I like the Robert Rodriguez uh, Rebel Without a Crew aesthetic and uh, yeah. you know, just going and like making it. How come he's not making good movies anymore? Oh, I don't think he ever made them. Really, I don't particularly like his films, but uh, oh, but his like, book was really interesting. I liked his first two. Yeah. Okay. I can see that, um, but. Yeah. Anyway, let's anyway. talk about some. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some specific Route 66 uh-huh. sites in Albuquerque here. You know, some of our okay. our favorite ones in uh, in Albuquerque okay. and nearby. We can and talk about the history of them a bit yeah. and where they are today. And I would advise our listeners if they haven't heard our previous episode to go back and listen to that because that provides a lot of the context yeah. for yeah. this episode. 
let's start with Nora. What, what did you uh, What did you look into over the last couple of weeks as far as a specific Albuquerque site? Well, Ty said pick your favorite site on Route 66, and I was like knockouts. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of those cash girls on are me hot. <laughs> So I went down the street from Knockouts to the good old Chemo Theater. Chemo Theater. I consider it the Knockouts of uh, Albuquerque's cultural institutions. Yeah, right. yeah. totally. Yeah, and of, clothes, you know, palatial theaters. It's yeah. pretty, yeah. Okay, it's well, pretty astounding. It's a genuine movie palace. It's an old, yeah. beautiful it's movie palace. And what like a Like the only one we really have, yeah. right? Yeah. In, in Albuquerque, anyway. Yeah, I think the Highland Theater is still really nice, but it's yeah. so far from its original form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Right, and this one's been preserved in yeah. the founder and the builder, Orested, mm-hmm. Oreste. Oreste? Oreste. I'm, my Italian's not very good. Bacecchi. Bacecchi. An Italian immigrant who came here. And he came from kind of humble beginnings. His first store was in a tent, I mm. guess. And okay. then he moved to a grocery store. And his wife was also an entrepreneur and owned a dry goods store. Mm. And then they had this vision for an entertainment company. Okay. So they began the Bacecchi Amusement Association in 1919, before okay. wow. the chemo. So ah. they had this vision of, exactly bringing, like you said, bringing yeah, this. music and culture mm-hmm. to Albuquerque. And so that resulted in the chemo theater. Okay. So let's talk about what does the chemo theater look like? Why don't you describe it for those of us who might not have seen it? It's, uh, I believe, a three-story is that yeah? It's um, building hmm. or four mm-hmm. story? Is it really? Yeah, it's pretty darn tall. I it's know tall, that. Yeah. yeah. And it has that. Um, yeah, it's three stories. Okay. It has the adobe exterior, but with right. ornamental tiles. Yeah. And sh- shots mm-hmm. of color. The design specifically is um, Pueblo Deco. Pueblo Deco. Yeah. Which. Is that unique? I mean, are there other places that have Pueblo Deco style buildings? I think it comes from this region, right? John Gombeam yeah. was an early yeah. architect that worked with it, within it, I know. Well, he did Pueblo Revival, but oh, I don't okay. know about Pueblo oh, Deco really? oh, exactly. Okay. So, oh, as Pueblo right. Deco is the Art Deco and mm-hmm. the Pueblo Revival. Yeah. It's quite I love how it looks. And it's gorgeous, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and unique. And yeah. really unique. And right. the Pueblo yeah. Deco style right. supposedly died out. In the 30s, you know, mm-hmm. after yeah. the 20s. So, I think it's pretty rare. Is it? Are there other examples of it that we can even think of? Like, I can't think of I can't any think other I building that combines others. those two. Yeah. yeah um, that's neat, though. That, I wonder yeah. if maybe in El Paso or something, oh, or yeah. some, some building. That's... And it's got swastikas around the uh, yeah. stage. Yes, inside. Yeah, yeah. which I is... also learned, well, it's a Navajo symbol. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's and... kind of like everybody's used the swastika yeah. at some point, it seems like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really a shame, actually, that that's been so corrupted, because it's the symbol of, of continuity right like, mm-hmm. you know like it's a lot of good things yeah and specifically the swastika that they were putting on the walls there mm-hmm. was referencing the the navajo mm-hmm. right right and it predates uh, symbol. Uh, was right the, the chemo was built in 27 so that it predates mm-hmm. all that stuff by the way right bit. yeah did yeah. you get the what is so does it did it talk about like the meaning of the navajo version of the swastika at all yeah and it said it was for luck abundance and healing hmm. cool um, so okay and it's also it seems like there's a little controversy over the name, and Chemo? some people call it no the swastika symbol. Oh yeah, the whirling logs whirling versus logs. the swastika wow. to kind of differentiate. Yeah, because swastika separated. would be an Indian, uh, like the country, like the India. subcontinent India yeah, yeah, yeah. name, I believe. 
Oh, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, because that was part of their whole Aryan or Wikipedia mm-hmm. page or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, so they call it the whirling logs. Some people do. Okay. Just in... well, I like that. Yeah. I bet that always pissed Hitler off when he called it the whirling logs. <laughs> Stop calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should edit a clip from Downsides. <laughs> well, I gotta say that is like one of the. <laughs> Seeing those swastikas for the first time, if you're not expecting yeah. them, it's got to be pretty weird. Because it's like they're very prominent around the stage. They are. And interspersed with cow skulls with glowing red eyes. Oh, I know. So it's not like, oh, there's a subtle design yeah. motif here. It's like yeah. it's very in your face. Swastika, yeah. cow skull, swastika, yeah. cow yeah. skull. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I really appreciate that they kept those up there yeah. um, and that they've been willing to kind of make it a, a point of conversation yeah. for any time anybody uh takes a tour of the chemo that is kind of something yeah. they really talk about yeah. that, that was a it was you know swastika used to be a much more common name there was a mining town in new mexico it was next to the town brilliant and it was called swastika yeah. and during world war ii they changed it to brilliant too just to, oh really just because they right. don't wanna, yeah um i think you know, uh new mexico states uh like yearbook was the right. swastika was the literally swastika. called the swastika yeah oh my gosh yeah oh, um this is you feel like uh yeah. If you go to Farmington, downtown Farmington, yeah. you can still see some prominent Interesting. Uh, native swastikas on uh, some of the walls of buildings mm. and things. Stephen Usherman, the local writer, uh, and just great writer, man. I love, his novels are as good as his guidebooks. They're awesome. Um, he uh, told me that there are swastikas at Bosque Riodondo, which where the Navajo were imprisoned after the long, oh. the long walk. And yeah. the swastika, you know, of course, was an, a- an ancient symbol and, and so meant something very different there. But... Those camps where the Navajo were interned, in turn, inspired the British POW camps, which inspired the concentration camps. Like, so like weird. There, there's all these crazy connections. That's all his insight. He was connecting A to Z. Yeah, and that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, and certainly, like, the swastika that the Nazis adopted wasn't one that stood for, like, racism and cleansing. They right. adopted it as a ancient symbol of you know the people that they thought Strength they belonged to yeah. you know it's just that mythical first right but yeah. <laughs> you know it's just boy the nazis put something on a flag it's kind of ruined for everybody yeah. else i'm sorry yeah. that's just how it is yeah <laughs> and that mustache style yeah yeah you guys would look pretty good with it but <laughs> yeah thanks Dora. Yeah. i don't know about that <laughs> really shake off that yeah those associations even charlie chaplin now right? like mm-hmm. you know it's like <laughs> uh, but one thing I couldn't find when I was researching it was who did the design, like who chose the swastikas, because yeah. it didn't, <laughs> it didn't give credit to uh, yeah. Bacecki. Okay. So I wasn't sure. If he I literally was, was. Oh, I think you were talking about the Nazi fight. Oh you're no, talking no, about the sorry, the oh, chemo. Yeah. Back yeah, to yeah. the chemo. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like I know, like they, they credit the specific murals and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. A lot of Inside. People. Yeah. That, it's huh. absolutely beautiful. It's a great yeah. building. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so it was opened in 1927. Yep. It was named through a contest, which mm-hmm. seemed like a popular way to name things in New Mexico back <laughs> in the day. Actually, yeah. they That's how the isotopes got their name, too, actually. The yeah. baseball team here. But Maybe on. we should have a contest for someone to name the next episode. Can I have any more kids, Brett? Uh, oh. Mike? <laughs> or maybe Nora's first kid. <laughs> yeah. That okay. Could, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Coca-Cola, Sprite, <laughs> Baby McBaby face. Oh, Sprite is cute. Okay. So the, um, maybe swastika. Swastika. (laughs) Um, The governor of the Isleta Pueblo won. And his name was Pablo Abieta. Okay. Um, And he won $50. Hmm. And so he used Tiwa, uh, a mix of two (coughs) words, ki and mo, ki meaning 
mountain, and then mo meaning lion. Oh. Um, and it's the loose translation is king of its kind. Interesting. So and is that their word for mountain? I mean, I guess maybe their word would for lion would just be lion, right? They wouldn't call it that's mountain what, lion. Yeah. Because they're not differentiating, right? Oh, yeah. It's like they've yeah, been to Africa generally, right? Yeah. Uh, when, they're, right. when they're developing the words for their language. Yeah. So, huh. huh. So that's interesting. So yeah. king of its kind, the lion, the... So mountain would be pinnacle, and then lion, I guess, would be apex, predator right. kind of thing. So this is... Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's what chemo comes from. So that's where chemo comes from. from. And as uh, you guys are saying, the murals were by one artist. It was Carl von Hassler. Hmm. Oh. Maybe he did the sponsor. A German guy? Just kidding. Yeah. Oh. Um, (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) The plot thickens. (laughs) And they're the seven cities of Cibola. Okay. Yeah. Which was supposedly one of the interpretations of Zuni, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and what, what? Where did that? For yeah, we're really getting into other stuff, but but um, the seven cities of didn't that come from Esteban uh, Cabeza de Vaca's? Uh, yeah, ser- like black servant or slave that was with him. Right, and then went up to New Mexico. Trip. Yeah, yeah, and heard the legend of the seven cities yeah. of Cibola. I wouldn't be surprised if they even looked out across a plane once and saw some adobe glinting in the in the light mm-hmm. from the. Yeah. Um, because well, yeah, they use the straw, right? Something. Yeah. Don't they? It, Doesn't that yeah, kind of there's straw in... I've seen the mazes and the little pueblos shine like that sometimes at night. Like, you know, yeah. They probably went home, wrote about it metaphorically, and like someone picked it up. It was just like yeah, I mean, you could gold. see it, it could refer to the Pueblo lands, <laughs> right. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Add a little dash of... Uh, yeah. Of uh, fabulism in there, and right? Like, oh, the walls are some, gold. Some lying to get financing, yeah, or just yeah. <laughs> and there's also, like these cities made of gold, and anyway, make your money. <laughs> and that's why you guys should leave our village <laughs> and go to the next village <laughs> because those guys, their yeah. their walls are made of gold, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's okay. So yeah. that's what it's depicting is yeah. the seven mm-hmm. cities of gold, and um, and the first movie they showed was a silent movie, hmm. and I couldn't find. Any oh, which one it was? Um, well, they they said a name in a book, which was painting the town red. Painting, the but town then looking red. for this movie, I couldn't find any mention. It might of not it. exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. a lot of those are lost. Ty, yeah. wasn't your great grandfather like a silent movie star, and, <laughs> yeah. and all his movies have what? been lost? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, star. Well, I, I mean, he was famous, I think, in his way. But yeah, he was. Uh, he filmed silent movies in New York, wow. and wow. a few a million mil, uh, the million dollar. The Million Dollar Baby, right. not the one starring Hillary Swank, right, but right. <laughs> the one that came out in the twenties that nobody's ever heard of. Oh, that's but right. there, you can you can get copies of the book that it that the movie was based on. Did you say you had that? I can't remember. I don't think I do. Oh, okay. But yeah, all his movies, uh, as far as I can tell, disintegrated oh, into someone. Is, one of them is somewhere, man. Some, some turn up maybe it was painting the town red. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What was uh? What was his name? Uh, Fred Frederick Hand, if anybody's Frederick Hand. Frederick Hand. Yeah. Right, come on, listeners. Boy, bring Ty a Frederick Hand clip. Also, he was the uh, <laughs> manager of U.S. Uh, Constitution Hall in Washington D.C. when they turned away Marian Anderson from Are you singing. Serious? Yeah, he was wow. literally the man who did that. So okay, that's my I'm little. Less excited about the guy. That's my little piece of um, <laughs> racist American history. That wow. I, uh, well, well, one of you... one of many, no doubt, but the right. most famous, I guess. If it makes you feel any better, I've been writing an essay involving family history lately, and I found out that my mom's mom's dad's dad owned slaves in Kentucky, and it's yeah. just like. That, that's a gross feeling when you find that stuff out about yeah. ancestors. Yeah, I don't think you can really avoid it. I mean, if you're if you're right. white in America, there's a good chance, you know, and your family's been here a while. Yeah. I mean, and 
Well, anyway, the chemo. (laughs) The chemo. (laughs) We'll address our guilt, our collective guilt later. A different podcast. That's crying. Yeah. (laughs) They had a sec. The second movie was a talkie. Oh, okay. The Broadway melody. So, I mean, that really tells you, like, right where it is in in film history. Mm -hmm. And then they also had live acts, I think, like some vaudeville and singing. I've heard that mm-hmm. the building is pretty much as it was now, except they used to have a piano or an organ right up front and center. Is that right? Yeah. To accompany the silence. And they spent a chunk of change on the organ, huh. 18,000. Wow. Back a then. Wurlitzer organ. Back yeah. in 1927? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's an ungodly amount of money. Right? Yeah. Like, and the whole thing costs 150,000. Let me just check my... Uh, okay, so 150,000 in the inflation calculator. That okay. is... One bazillion dollars in wow. today's money. Man. That's a lot. It's just not worth what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to carry the zero. And it's a it, bajillion oh. dollars. And when they opened it, it was a big deal, right? Like, didn't people come out from Hollywood and like it, there were Klieg lights going back and forth? I and, think so. Yeah. And there's pictures of stars. Yeah. Um, Ginger Rogers, but that's a little later, 1932. Oh, but it drew. That's cool. You yeah. Know, these big names. Absolutely. I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I don't want to step on, but okay, why don't you carry on with uh, with the chemo here? Well, and then it fell into, um, you know, the depression happened, mm-hmm. and so it survived that, not mm-hmm. as heartily, you yeah. know, as the 20s, um, and then was chugging along, and then as development of the suburbs mm-hmm. and malls and other types of movie theaters came yeah. around, it really fell mm-hmm. Into, fell into disrepair. Into tech time, yeah. yeah. And it was almost demolished, but I think it was in... Oh, it was saved. Horrible demolished 1977. Albuquerque history, voted to pay to save it. Okay. Yeah. And that was after the Alvarado was demolished. Oh. Um, which, you know, we we could talk about now, but I feel like that's more of that's a relic a of... Uh, topic, yeah, like that. railroad. Yeah. Railroad times Albuquerque, but... The um, yeah, the Alvarado was demolished despite Ugh. a last-minute um, movement by uh, by city council Ugh. to stop it. Um, they, the cranes were already swinging the wrecking balls oh into God. it, and apparently that is what saved the buildings like the Kimo. Oh, wow. Is they were like, well, we can't let this happen to our other. And they buildings. tore down the Franciscan too. The Franciscan, been yeah, amazing. Thing. I wish I could have seen. Oh that. my God, the Franciscan's a beautiful one. Yeah. Um, also of the railroad era. Yeah. So, although I'm going to be talking a little bit about that in a moment. Okay. Um, but the chemo was saved. Saved, yeah. yeah. Um, I know my mother said that uh, when she was going to UNM College in the late 60s, she was uh, directed by her Spanish teacher to go see a Spanish movie mm. uh, at the chemo, a Spanish language movie at the chemo when she was young. And she was afraid to because of kind of the, the reputation of the area wow. at that point. So Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, she yeah. might have just been being a weenie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I, what do you guys think the perception is of the chemo today? Just a cool... I think now it's an institution. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. it's like one of the nicer buildings in that part of town. And it's it's uh, that whole block feels so historic. I love sitting out in front of Sister Bar some nights and just looking at that whole block. And, you know, yeah. there's the, what's that, the Crest building right there. That, right. That used to be like where the, the first radio station in New Mexico was. Oh, I didn't know that. It was 770 KKOB, but it was out of NMSU at the time. Oh, okay. And that was affiliated with that. And I mean, and there was a soda shop up there. And there was mm-hmm. just, you know, just looking at that block and thinking how much has happened there. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and how all these significant things were just people's normal lives back then. And yeah. Then our sure. normal lives are going to be significant maybe right. later too. You know, yeah. when people go back and try to figure out who we were and what we were like <laughs> and all that. That's cool. I like all that stuff. Early yeah. podcasters. Yeah. And I think it's also known for, which Mike helped debunk, I found uh, out, it's ghost. It's oh, yes. resident ghost. A boy, a six-year-old boy yeah. who died in the 1951 boiler explosion accident. Yeah. What was it? Uh, what was his name? Bobby Darnell. Bobby mm-hmm. Darnell. Yeah, and yeah. that was a true story, and that was really incredibly sad. You know, I took this is going. I, I promise this will get on track in a second. I took. Uh, I was there with my kids once when they were really young, and those glowing cow skulls really freaked my kids out and made them want to run out. Oh, really? But anyway, something made Bobby run out of this theater. He was there with a neighborhood friend uh-huh. and uh, and, an, and another adult. I think it was the friend's parents or something. They were there, and um, and uh, it said it was sirens in the film. But I wondered if like mm. the cow skulls and just the general creepy ambiance of the darkened theater helped add to it or something. But he was five years old, and he ran out and ran down the steps. And um, at that exact moment, something went wrong in the boiler. And they later like figured out specifically it was some, some part that caused it to back up and overheat. And this boiler exploded in the wall. It was on the other side of the soda fountain area where they you know, had needed water and stuff for making everything. And this boiler exploded, and it threw Bobby against a wall. Mm-hmm. And it threw, I believe he was five. Was he five or six? Did you, you've read this more recently. I, than I've, I found six. Okay, all right, I guess he was six. And um, and then another guy lost an eye. He was thrown against the wall. Other people were injured. And anyway, um, he uh, he died later on at the hospital. And it was just an incredibly sad story. And if you look up the details of this, you can go see all the places of it. I've been to Bobby's house. It's on Campus oh. Boulevard, and mm-hmm. and you can see where the school was that he would have walked to the next mm-hmm. year if it was there. It's still there. And mm-hmm. and you can just. You know, it was a real sad story. His, he has two siblings that I think are still alive in Florida. They've never returned my calls. I, when uh, I was writing about this, I tried to get a hold yeah. of them. It's probably, you know, these stories are history to us, but they're just so sad to some they're people. Personal right. They're personal Yeah, they're, they're real yeah. sad personal stories. And so whatever, I didn't bug them too much. and yeah. kind of let that happen. Um, but uh, so anyway, that story happened, and they fixed the theater up, and they remodeled it, and, and uh, you know, it just became a part of history. Um, and then there was well, no, so we go back to the, the ghost story. Yeah, yeah but so or? then there was no mention of the ghost story. Oh, okay. Until uh, I think the eighties. I think mm. that's when it first started getting talked about. The ghost of Bobby Darnell was messing with people's uh, performances, yeah. and causing accidents to happen, and so on. And um, but yeah, it was kind of like it feels like a concocted story in that it just appeared later on. So right. suddenly it was like there was no history of this ghost story, or whatever. Well, can you tell us a little so, bit about the ghost story, Nora? Like what? Um, what I read of it was that they, the ghost rather, Bobby, um, was it either he had been, you know, he was, he had messed things up playing around and so people left donuts out for him. Okay. And then the stage director, Mm -hmm. some stage manager took the donuts away uh, and then, because that's how you get ants, people. (laughs) (laughs) And then in that upset him so much that he messed up um shoot was it a christmas play it was yeah. some it was partic- a christmas carol it was a christmas yeah. carol yes yeah. and right. he and everything play. went wrong yeah and not ho- you know no like accidents or yeah. harm but mm-hmm. just that people forgot their lines like gels from lights flew down in dramatic ways mm-hmm. you know okay. things were falling and so then they put the donuts back and it went back to yeah yeah to normal you give the donuts to the ghost. Yeah. 
He's okay. So, yeah, if you go to the Alibi's website, alibi.com, and look up Chemo Ghost, I co-wrote an article with somebody a few years ago. Ben Radford, yeah? With Ben Radford, yeah. And and we really investigated this, and we spent like six months looking into the story because we thought um, his background is like a skeptic Mm -hmm. debunker of things, and I'm just interested in stuff, and I like, you know, I I like knowing the truth about stuff. Um, And uh, we, we looked into this story, and... Because we thought, man, if this is true, then there was like a ghost incident that was witnessed by tons of people. Like, right. and, and of the we, play. Can, we can trace this to a specific play. So, uh, a lot of books, I got every single book that mentioned this ghost story, and a lot of them gave ni- 1974 as the date that this had happened. So, I was going through all the old microfiche of the tribunes and the journals trying to find any evidence of um, when this had happened uh, or if it had happened, reviews of a Christmas carol and so on. And I didn't find any because at the time, chemo was a porn theater. And <laughs> That's I, what, right. I, yeah, yeah. What I found was an advertisement for teenage fantasies <laughs> and some other film, a double oh feature God. that it was called the notorious chemo at the time. No and way. this is, if you read the city website about the chemo, they glaze over this. They say in during the seventies, yeah. it fell into disrepair. Yeah. I didn't find means, any mention of this yeah, theater. Yeah. It became a porn theater. That's and, like code. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was like, okay, it wasn't then, but there must've been a production of a Christmas Carol. What does this all trace back to? And I found it. It was sometime in the eighties and I got a hold of the director and the lighting people and the actors. And the director was like, oh yeah, some stuff went wrong in a production. And I was like, was it because of a ghost? Like, and I asked for the details <laughs> and it was so minor. It was like a bunch of actors had ditched out to go see Star Trek II, the wrath of Khan. Uh, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they'd shown up because late. they were scared of the ghost, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a theory. There's a guy, uh, Tony Morris, E. A. Morris. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a he had a book called uh, a, a book of poetry where the, they mentioned the ghost of the chemo, but the ghost was the blurred face of one of his family members in a photograph. It was just a metaphor. And I kind of feel like that put it into the local popular consciousness, the chemo ghost, the chemo ghost. And then this play, this none of this is in my article. This is all stuff I kind of found later on. Um, th- there, this play was put on there called A Tuna Christmas. And the premise <laughs> of this play was literally a haunted production of A Christmas Carol. Oh, And then the story appears. I feel like these things, these different things put this into the zeitgeist. And then this guy who's kind of like the, the, the stage master of the, pl- the place. I, it's been so long since I researched this, I forget the specifics, but you can find this article. Then this guy kind of really kept it going. There was one person in particular mm-hmm. that kept the story going. But it's, it kind of, there's nothing there. Like the details just go away. I mean, now, is it a creepy theater with dark hallways and like right. a, a rich history yeah, to it? Sure. sure. If and any a place kid is haunted, either. why not the and chemo? That story. Well, one thing I read in the article was that yeah. it, there was some report and it said that he had a pulse, a weak pulse. Um, in the as they took him to the ambulance or placed him basically still living in the yeah. theater and then he died when he got to the hospital so oh. there's conjecture that he passed away in the ambulance on the way mm-hmm. so it didn't pass in the oh, does that in mean... the theater oh, okay. so I don't know what that does for ghost yeah. I don't know uh, did, did he get to see the end of the movie I guess not so that's yeah. why he would keep returning all that stuff's documented oh. you can they're, they're the name of the uh, movie is out there and everything actually but, if you want to read more about it Benjamin yeah. Radford's book mysterious New Mexico oh, and you're in it buddy oh, um, oh really I Mike Smith that. I yeah have a book, there's a uh, whole chapter on Mike. Yeah, it's Mysterious just called. Mike Smith. Mike, it's called great. "Is Mike Smith Real?" <laughs> and <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it talks about this exactly. What we're talking about this article uh, debunking the uh, debunking at least yeah. the uh, the initial incidents yeah. um, of sightings of yeah. the of the ghost. I mean, yeah. 
You yeah. Know. Rumor was that we were banned from the chemo briefly for oh. the article. Yeah. Oh, I hope good. this doesn't yeah. bring up the yeah, that's really <laughs> yeah. bring back the ban. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, that story of Bobby Darnell is a sad one. It, it really is. is. It I is. went to try to find his grave. Is that the Yeah, it's over at Fairview. You but can find it. You can't find it anywhere. You found it? Uh huh. Yeah, it's over in the news section. You gotta show me where it is. I looked okay. everywhere for it. Um Oh, I was looking in the old section with the like yeah, the stumpy yeah, grave. But he that... was just uh just when the news section was starting to be Oh my God! Put in so that's he's wow. over there. You got to show me that sometime. Okay. I looked for that a bunch. I went through the, all the cemetery records and everything. Like oh. you're a better researcher than me, man. You find stuff <laughs> I don't find all the time. Well, to be fair, I was with Susan Schwartz Smith, oh. who was the uh, the archivist oh, there, okay. and so she just took me right to the grave. I didn't like look oh, for man. it or oh, wow. anything. I was just like <sighs> walking behind her. Yeah, um, interesting. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he is he is spot. buried there. Um, wow. Okay, so yeah, so then. Um, now it's revived, mm-hmm. and as we talked about earlier, the new sign came in at 2011. Yeah, brand new, brand new sign, supposed to look like the old sign, right. I think, in every detail except the colors, right? Yeah. Right. Tell us about that. That's interesting, I think. Or you tell us about Oh, that. well, just that they, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, they only had photos of the sign, and they were all black and white. So they kind of had to guess a little bit as to what colors uh. would work. Um, with the uh, decor of the the building as a whole. That's just what I read. So, yeah, and it's got to say, when I first saw it, it was really nice to Mm -hmm. see. It was like, I don't know, like a a cousin you never met or something. No, it was good, yeah. I like just anytime the city shows an awareness of its own history, I'm like, good for Mm -hmm. you, good job. Right. (laughs) I did a brief um, internship there when I was in grad school as a marketing marketing person Mm -hmm. for the chemo theater, and it's now... In my head, that it's spelled theater with the R E at the end. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I kept messing up, and my boss was like, "It's R E." So oh, you were spelling theater, it the American way, yeah. and this is the oh. theatra. Theatra, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Huh. Yeah. Did you ever see any ghosts? No. 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 Yeah, they have a newer section or newer offices. Mm. Oh yeah, over ghost free. I didn't have to use a typewriter. Yeah. Mm, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But I got to meet Max Evans, the oh, cool. New Mexico and author and country. farmer, High Low Country, because yeah. they were doing a screening of the film based off the book oh, High cool. Low Country. And I asked him, I was a burgeoning writer. I said, mm. Do you have any advice? And he said, Write for trade publications. Oh. And now Thanks. you do. <laughs> yeah. What's a trade publication actually? What, he like, was like like Coca Cola or like had, uh, he like was talking about like soda oh, industry magazines what? and right. you know there's these industry publications. Well, weird advice. <laughs> well, they're people with money. Yeah. You know, so they can oh. pay you money. Oh well, maybe as opposed to writing to poetry journals where they might give you a copy of the, yeah. of That's the nice journal that you're you in. Copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, very okay. cool. Yeah. Any, I'll any, do that without selling out. Let's see, anything else we should say about the chemo? I saw King Kong there. That was awesome. Cool. I took my son to see King Kong. That's it was amazing. just it was a great it was a great time. Oh, we sat man. up on the balcony and it was just mm-hmm. like back in the twenties. They have that uh that that digital system now and they, yeah. their movies just look so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's great. Like, I saw they did a chaplain marathon there and I went mm. to most of those. I think didn't you go to one of them with me? I can't remember. Um no, I don't think okay. so. Uh, man, I, oh, I saw Monsieur Verdot there and uh uh-huh. Oh I'd like to see that. Oh yeah, and uh Modern Times and yeah. took my kids to a bunch of yeah, cool. and they show movies pretty much every yeah. weekend yeah. unless they have something else Good. going on. It's one of the best places to see a film in town. You got popcorn's go like it. fifty cents. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I love <laughs> that they they have a theme or a director or yeah. an actor mm-hmm. actress. I love that it's yeah. has a cohesive yeah. 
right. theme per week or per. I also love the guild. Support the guild, everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. The guild's great, but yeah. it's not a you know yeah. a romantic movie it's palace. <laughs> it's got its own from the golden age of yeah. cinema. Yeah. I I saw two thousand one: A Space Odyssey there with my kids, and there was a shooting in the street while we were seeing at it. the and guild. They, and, no, at the, at the chemo, uh, at the and chemo. they locked us in the theater for like an hour after oh, the, wow. after the movie, and we Jeez. couldn't leave. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go to the chemo. Good stuff on chemo, Nora. On the okay. Chemo. Good job. Thanks. So yeah, um, really I wanted to talk about the the hotels and motels of uh, of Central. Nice. Um, and I think that I I think is uh, kind of emblematic. That's a word I say probably you too often on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really emblematic of you to do that. <laughs> say that word. But it, it is of, of the way that um, tourism culture changed right. in Albuquerque huh. because. Basically, the first uh, tourists to come through Albuquerque were coming by train, mm. and they were staying places at places like the Alvarado Hotel and the Franciscan Hotel, which mm. were within a certain, you know, number of uh, number of blocks of mm. the railroad itself, and that's that's where the people stayed. Um, but with the addition of uh, of Route sixty six, that was going to bring in traffic, right. and a guy called. Uh, uh, Daniel Murphy, who actually managed the Franciscan Motel, uh, he had seen kind of how in 1927 the route, the Route 66 um, corridor through Albuquerque, which at that time was going north to south along Fourth uh, Street, yeah. there were there were motels going up and people were staying at those instead <coughs> of say at the Franciscan. Okay. And so when the uh, when he got wind that the um, the Route 66 was going to be realigned, as mm-hmm. we talked about last time. Uh, because of the uh, the actions of Governor Hackett, oh, uh, uh, Hannett, uh, Hannett, Arthur Hannett. Um, through Albuquerque to no longer go on Fourth Street, but on, instead on Central Avenue, yeah. which at that point was called Railway mm. or Railroad yeah, Avenue. Right. Um, he figured he would get ahead of the game this time. He left his job at the Franciscan, bought a small parcel of land by the river the historic uh, fording place where people would cross the river uh, prior to there being bridges. Hmm. And he opened up a motel called Elvado, which translates to the Ford. And oh, nice. he, uh, in that, in the true Route 66 style, he decided to play up the, um, the local as the local charm of, of uh, New Mexico and Albuquerque um, as much as he could while still appealing to, hmm. you know, the modern automobile traffic. And he made a place that was, uh, let's see, constructed in Spanish Pueblo Revival style. Uh, gave it, he had like, made out of adobe, a lot of it. Um, so it's got this kind of like irregular shape to it. Like n- there aren't a lot of like 90 degree angles. Hmm. It's often like rounded angles and so forth. Uh, these include curvilinear and straight parapets, irregular missing uh, irregular massing, varying buttresses, and exploded vigas, exposed vigas, not exploded vigas, uh, <laughs> which are the uh, the the large wooden roof beams uh, that you see in uh, in traditional um, adobe architecture. And then, you know, to that he added a bunch of units that each had their own garage right next to them, so that motorists could keep their cars safe right. for the night wow. and then stay there. Thanks. And it operated continuously. He sold it in the 60s um, to a, uh, I believe they were um, a Moroccan family. And it operated continuously from opening in 1937 to 2005. Hmm. And Uh. it still has the sign on it that says, 
Renovations are happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Most authentic Route 66 motel still in continuous operation. Uh, Right up until 2005. And then it sat there empty. They just couldn't figure out a way to make it work anymore as a a business venture. And it sat there. Huh? Um, Is it still sitting there? It's still sitting there. 2005. Uh, five years later, the city of Albuquerque purchased it Good. because they didn't want it to be torn down uh, with the plan that it would be renovated yeah. into some sort of um, you know, business venture that would yeah. like, preserve its historic elements yeah. while adapting it to a modern, yeah. modern, um, modern uh, consumer's Let's needs. open a brewery there. Seriously, or <laughs> like an artist residency. You give each yeah. room to like a different artist and the garage can oh, be their yeah. galleries or something like that, their space. Then they do like communal events in the middle. You could do something really That fun. would be awesome, but um, yeah. unfortunately there is already somebody who is developing oh, it. Really? Uh, it's going to be called, let's see, it's been bought by a group called, um, or not bought yet, but I think uh, they've drawn up the plans, Palindrome. Development, hmm. and there's going to be a Ponderosa tap room, hmm. a courtyard filled with food pods that will provide a number of dining options uh, from food budding pods. and established <laughs> restauranters. Yeah, doesn't that sound op- yeah. appetizing? Ooh, yeah. pods! <laughs> Let's go to the pods and eat. Um, Palindrome will serve as a general contractor. The company will steer the Elvado remodeling, which will include a 20-unit boutique motel. Hmm. An event space, the food court, pool, and retail space. So they're going to save the rooms that are there now and basically just add on some more buildings into that hmm. area. Um, Wait, well, so this is west of Old Town? Towards yeah, the river Yeah, ground? it's uh, between Old Town and the river. Okay. Um, on, on the, the south. south side. What's it across okay. from? It's like across from, like, there's like a village inn or something over there. It's a, right? Yeah, there's an old village inn. Yeah. Probably... Uh, the bio park, the oh, um, yeah, right botanic gardens. That's why I always see it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So they're going to renovate that. So I think you know, pretty good story. Better than tearing it down. Yeah. Better than tearing yeah. it down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been there for eleven years now. Yeah. Unfortunately, the um, the housing crash kind of screwed mm. up the initial mm. plans to save yeah. it. Where do you go, Wall Street? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then similarly, over on this side of downtown. The Danza Motor Lodge, oh, yeah. which was um, opened in 1939, about the same time. Interesting. Um, interesting in that it was the largest motel on Central at that point, mm. um, and and opened, you know, mm-hmm. in order to be the largest motel. Yeah. Uh, but much like the Elvado, they decided to incorporate local elements, um, a lot of Zuni motifs, mm. and in fact, cool. in their basement. So there was a jewelry store, like a little trading post, as as they said. Um, they commissioned Zuni artist Tony, Tony Edaki, oh. E-D-A-A-K-I-E, to create two large murals depicting the Shalako Festival at Zuni. I want to see those. So they're in the basement. They're in, oh, the, that's they're in the basement the there. Lost yeah, it's one of... Um, I have seen them. You have? Yeah. How? I had a uh, self-guided tour there. Um, you broke in and you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't do that, guys. Okay, There's wow. a 24 hour security you can do now. That. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I did that uh, when I was young and stupid. Yeah, so, it's yeah. like last year. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually before I had a kid. Oh, okay, right. Wait, so, did you do it to see what, the what girls? Well, I was just, you know, I was just interested in seeing it, so I yeah. decided to take it. And there, there was not 24 hour security. Oh, I don't yeah. even know if it was bought it's by the city time, at that point. Time, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they're beautiful and they're, uh, they're considered to be unique, yeah. um, as far as like a native artist depicting a native ceremony, wow. uh, from, from Zuni Pueblo, uh, oh, like they just don't exist elsewhere. Crazy. Um, in 2002, I'm not sure when it closed down, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, by two down completely and Albertsons was planning to buy it and then raise it. Uh, in order to put it on Albertson's uh, store there. If you had done that Albertson's, I would have really <laughs> yeah. you for that. That would have been <laughs> the <laughs> um, So fortunately, again, the city swept in and uh, bought the property Ugh. and started looking for ways to, uh, okay. to save it. Good. Um, if you read uh, Mark Simmons' book, Albuquerque, A Narrative History, he quotes the old tourist brochures about it. Uh-huh. And there's a line in it that's so egregiously bad that I still remember it. It was apparently the original brochures where it said, De Anza is de Anza to de tourist prayers. And I've no. had this stuck in my head for like 10 years now because it's so stupid and I hate it. Yeah, that's a terrible yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's But if you watch Breaking Bad, uh, where the, his first deal with Gus Fring happens in, in the de Anza, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. The one where, where he, he, the... he skips his yeah. daughter's birth to, to, oh, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. That's to right. go do, maybe. Yeah, um, and then also recently the Tina Fey movie Whiskey, mm-hmm. Tango, Fox yeah. was filmed there, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so they are planning to, let's see, there was a deal that fell through. Um, but the most recent one that looks like it's still going is they're going to have it host 39 residential cabanas. I don't know what that means exactly. (laughs) There's going to be a swimming pool, a clubhouse, a cafe, a tourist information kiosk, and a Zuni jewelry store. Um, it'll be a three to four star boutique hotel and high end condo hotel. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would retain the basic footprint, including, uh, the building height and character of the existing structures, include a related restaurant and other uses. Um, that sounds like it's not going to quite respect the historic. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to but, say, uh. but they would incorporate the Zuni murals. Okay. Um, and it would be a hip, fun, sociable lodging option. What's the style of the murals? What do you remember about seeing them? When you... I barely remember them. Oh, yeah. I wonder if I have a <clears throat> photo somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was trying out wandering around the basement. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Mayor Richard Berry credits the... Albuquerque Rapid Transit bus line with the renewed interest in restoring the De Anza oh, that's interesting. motor lodge. So yeah. anyway, we'll talk about art okay. in a few minutes here. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, shall we stuff, uh, go into the Oasis? I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a piece of writing about this, so should okay. we Hold on. Seg into that? segue into that? I'm sorry, I'm trying to use that word right still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, oh. Okay, Nora's leaving now. Goodbye, Nora. She has more important things to do. But thank you for coming in and chatting with us about the chemo. That was fun. Thanks for having me. You're a great part of this podcast. I'm so happy you're part of this now. You're making me blush. Thanks. I'm learning a lot from you, too. You crack me up, so you're a great addition. Okay. Thanks. Okay, cool. Bye, guys. Hello. Okay, so what what are you going to tell us about today, Mike? All right, I'm going to tell you about one of the more interesting spots on Route 66, um, in my opinion. This is one that I ended up researching while, first while I was putting my book together. Um, and then later on, I wrote about it as part of a newspaper column, and then I wrote about it again for a, a different column. Um, but I find it really interesting, and I've, I've met the family members involved with this story, and 
talked with them. Um, the Oasis was a little gas station on Route 66 into Harris Canyon. So this is not Albuquerque proper. This is this is outside of town a little ways. Um, and it was really, you know, an important little stop for a lot of people for a mm-hmm. long time. And this family had their whole lives, uh, you know, wrapped up in it because they lived there back behind the station. Um, I don't know that I need to say much else about this, but if you're if you're driving through to Harris Canyon and you're about to get off at the Harris exit, you're, so, okay. you're, so you're heading... Heading east. East out of town, okay. Uh, and you just pass through most of Harris County. You'll notice there's a, a brown house up on the hill um, to the left, and I believe that's connected with all this story. And if okay. you go back behind that, there's another like kind of burnt clearing, and that's connected to the story Ooh, also. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it's it's just what's interesting to me. I mean, places like the Chemo and um, the Alvarado and and the Alvado, places where you can still see them today. In a way, it, we're almost we're going from established and present to less like the this the first one we talked about was uh you know still there right and right vibrant and the second two were are still there but in but the state of being decay remodeled. this one's not even there anymore right this and that's one, a lot of the yeah. iconic route 66 yeah. stuff this is what happened including to the road itself right, right right various reasons have made it disappear and fade away yeah. in many places it's true so this is an article i wrote for east mountain living it's called an oasis and its aftermath An Oasis and its Aftermath. Tucked away in the archives of the Albuquerque Museum is an old reel of film, about 10 minutes of black and white silence filmed by a member of a local family as they drove from the desert east of Albuquerque through to Harris Canyon and up into the Sandias. The film is dated 1927, was probably made after 1932. Viewers can see a post-1927 date painted on a rock, and there's a shot of a little rock store that hadn't been there in the late 1920s. A horse-drawn wagon clops noiselessly past the store's gas pumps. A car blurs on by. The mountains behind it slump as stony and shaggy as they are today, only blacker, grainier, more white. Decades later, that little rock store would become a ruin, would become the center of a series of one family's tragedies, would become an almost comically unsuccessful brothel, and then it would end up raised to make way for the freeway. But back in 1932, it was an oasis. In 1932, husband and wife Raymond and Vera Curtis moved to Harris Canyon, just east of Albuquerque, leased an empty rock rock building on the north side of Route 66, made some improvements, and turned the little building into a conical filling station they named the Oasis. Raymond Curtis had just finished serving an approximately 15-year-long prison sentence in Colorado for bank fraud, perhaps as the undeserving scapegoat for two senior bank officials, and he and Vera were anxious to start over someplace new. That someplace was the Oasis. And for 35 years, from 1932 to 1967, his story was the simple story of a family-owned gas station, a place to buy gas or to pick up a sandwich, a nice, uneventful little place. In 1967, however, bad things began happening. They didn't stop until almost every single thing in the world of the Oasis had changed forever. On a black night choked with rain, Raymond and Vera's adult daughter, Jan was crossing Route 66 from the village of Teharis to her home behind the Oasis when an 18-wheel semi-truck roared up against her from out of the darkness, slamming Jan into a six-month-long coma and an over-five-year hospitalization. During those years, the news came to the Curtis family that a freeway, Interstate 40, was going to be built through Teharis Canyon, and it was scheduled to cut directly through the Oasis. New highway comes to our door, Raymond Curtis wrote despondently in a late 1960s Christmas card. So guess we are finished. Raymond and Vera abandoned the Oasis. 
and somehow the vacated building became a house of prostitution. Only the second of two such establishments rumored to have been run in the Sandia Mountains, the first being in Placidus during the mining boom of the 1870s. One anonymous interviewee remembers well two friendly, curvaceous girls plying their trade at the former gas station, one blonde, one brunette. He told me he still remembers their perfume, and he smiled when he spoke of them. Another anonymous interviewee relayed that the Tejeras Canyon brothel was doomed from the start because of its high visibility. Since Route 66 ran right by it, everyone driving home from work in Albuquerque could see it and could recognize the cars of their family members, friends, neighbors, offspring, boyfriends, husbands, and so on, parked in the lot located right out in front. The brothel's high profile, said the interviewee, probably ended more than a few relationships. Couple that with the attention its obvious positioning might have attracted from the law, and the little rock building was soon left empty once again. Eventually, it was bulldozed into an arroyo, and the site was soon paved over and turned into just another stretch of the six-lane interstate. Around that same time, Vera died tragically. She had consulted the world-famous Mayo Clinic about how to lose weight. They told her to eat a small piece of candy before every meal and smoke cigarettes. One night, while smoking in bed in her house behind the oasis, Vera fell asleep. Her lit cigarette caught the house on fire, and Vera burnt to death where she slept. In 1972, after five years of hospitalization, Jan finally came home. Her father had rebuilt the house behind the oasis, but that was about all he had. Jan's brain had been permanently damaged, and her memory would never be the same again. Her mother had been burnt alive. Her father had been left alone. The business that had been her family's life was gone, first used in a way that might have embarrassed them, and then destroyed entirely. The canyon that had been her home for so many years was now flooded with traffic. To make matters worse, rumors proliferated that stolen silver coins from Colorado and expensive diamonds owned by her mother were somewhere in the ashes of the old house. Treasure hunters from all around came to pick through and ransack what was left. The oasis is gone now, its former location just a slow curve west of the freeway's exit to the village of Tejeras. But Jan is still alive, living in Albuquerque, and still troubled by memory problems. When she thinks about the oasis or of how everything went so wrong, so bizarrely, horribly wrong, she inevitably grows melancholy. It was so beautiful up there. And then, you know. Well, that's, uh, sorry, I, I, I forgot this was so depressing. I knew there was some depressing stuff in it, but apparently it's all oh depressing. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to oh, laugh at it. Poor it's Curtis like, family. No, we're well, laughing at the cruelty of existence, Curtis family, yeah, if you ever hear this. We, yeah. It's unfair. It's horrible. But, I mean, I think it does speak to the point that well, among other things, uh, Route 66 really impacted people's lives, yeah. both when it came through and then when it when it went away, when it was uh, decommissioned, yeah. um, and when the highway I-40 came yeah. through. Uh, so Route 66 was officially decommissioned in 1985. Okay, but um, it was it had fallen into disuse hmm. uh, for a good long while before Interesting. then. <clears throat> Interesting. Wow. So, our, uh, and you say this site is. Uh, just before you get to Tijeras? Yeah, it's like if you look over on your left, there's a, a kind of a, a brown, kind of rough wooden house Okay. up on the left. And I think that was one of the family's buildings because they had a number of buildings back behind uh -huh. their gas station. I think that was one of them. And then okay. if you drive along that curve back there, there's a cleared, flattened area. with You can see a little bit of signs mm. of burning, uh, or at least you could at some point. At I don't, some point. You know, that, that area is changing all the time. And also I should say that I don't know if she's still alive. I wrote this right, article a right. few years ago, and so she at might not be At the time of writing. Yeah, at the time of writing it, she was still alive. But, hey, uh, yeah. Oh, I've got a question huh. for you. You know when you, uh, if you take 
either Route 66 or the highway into Tijeras Canyon, mm-hmm. there's like a big barn-like building on the right side, uh, kind of like right after you go through Carnwell. Do you know what that is? Big barn? I mean, if... It's got a sign on it saying it's part of an old land grant. Oh, yeah, that's the Carnwell land grant building, right? Okay. Is so yeah. But back nice. behind that was the Seven Springs Resort, and that is a really interesting property to explore. Oh, okay. It used to be much more interesting. They've really cleaned it up. Mm. One time I was down there, there's an old single-wide trailer, and it was just full of letters from this aunt and uncle to their nephew that they had been raising named Spring. Oh. And it was just all like, Dear Spring, come back. We're so sorry we didn't Aww. treat you right. Like... Dozens of letters like interesting. that. Interesting. So interesting. And then there was a car that had "Help Me" painted on its bumper <laughs> in disturbing writing. And there was a metal noose hanging from a tree. There were three graves on a hillside. There's all these concrete ponds. Like uh, I, I've talked to people that used to work at that resort. Um, Bob Odette, who was one of the main, uh, he was like Mr. Route 66. Have you ever driven through route, on Route 66 through Edgewood? And there's like an area where there's like Billy the Kid in a jail cell. It's like it's uh, oh. like a, an old box car sitting there. That was Bob Odette's place. Oh, okay. And and he had worked at the Seven Springs Resort back in the day, and he told me a lot about that. And um, I think it was him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. And uh, but yeah, basically people would go and and fish there on the weekends. He said divorced parents would take their their kids there a lot, and that's kind of interesting because someone gave me a photo once of his dad and him oh. at, at this place, and it was that exact scenario. And uh, but then apparently a crack developed in the seal of these ponds, and they all just drained out, and the place oh, went away. But huh. it's weird; you can still see that there's different eras back there. There's like a psychedelically painted gazebo, oh, and these wow. graves on the hillside, these white crosses. The Seven Springs Resort is a strange place to explore. It's really we need weird. To check that out. That's, that's back awesome. behind the land grant office. I assume there. it's all private property, so that you maybe, can't maybe. Really... But you, just, you know, yeah, we can't officially say go check it out. But it, but yeah. um, you know, like it's the desert. Just wander around and <laughs> have good intentions and respect the where you are but yeah there you go um that's, that's how i feel um but yeah i mean terrace canyon is so full of this kind of stuff it's kind of interesting just geographically it contains all this stuff you know because right. it has to happen between those rock walls um i think the oasis is really interesting. i went to el paso and i met with the uh the curtis family with the survivors oh, okay. of the family and very interesting they run a uh, i think it was like they make metal trash cans or something like that it's this has hmm. been it's been years now but but um they were really neat, and they let me see so much stuff. See the old photos. That that card that was quoted in there was something they let me see. Oh, okay. They had all the old Curtis family's photo albums, and um, yeah, it's just you know, it's a super sad story. Talking to Jan on the phone, I mean, she like she still has memory problems from that right. accident. It's just oh. you know, just uh, whoa. It's it you know, but it, you know, these things they also add up to to uh, you know make the story of a place. You know, right. I, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I don't know what else to say about the Oasis, really. But, um, okay. but I mean, it's it's it is kind of a sad story overall. But they also had, you know, how many years of it being a nice place, you know, right. like, that, that right. was important. It's, I, you know, I feel like people shouldn't be defined by by how they died or how right. things ended. You know, stories have to end; they all have ends. You know, but uh, doesn't doesn't negate the the, the good years, right? I mean, I'm reading was, um, yeah. through the Looking Glass to my son uh-huh. right now, and there's a. They they come across this strange creature called a a bread and, bread and butterfly, okay. and all it ever eats is weak tea and like some uh, kind of special British syrup that that they. And she's like, well, what what happens if she, if it can't get that? Yeah. He says, well, they die, <laughs> and then uh, she says, well, then they must die along. He's like, yes, they die. <laughs> They always die, <laughs> which, of course, we all, uh, we all die. That's we part all of the deal, die. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, speaking yeah. of death, uh, we should talk about what's uh, 
what's happening to Route 66 right now. Okay. I mean, That's now that it's no longer Route 66. And actually, yeah. some people are seeing this as perhaps the death knell of, of Route 66, oh. while others see it as perhaps a, uh, a revitalization, and that is the Albuquerque Rapid Transit System. A.K.A. art, which is very confusing sometimes when you're talking about art and having an opinion on art. Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's lots of science that say yeah. stop art. Yeah. And apparently it's it's upsetting and confusing. Which certain, the Dadaists would have enjoyed. Certain artists that don't uh, keep yeah. up with the news yeah. are, are confused. But okay, so this is basically a plan to put in a, a top-of-the-line electric bus system yeah. um, right down the middle of a Central Avenue mm. from basically one end of it to the other yeah. uh, in Albuquerque. God, buses, what an unexciting form of transportation. I mean, you know, Pete, I don't know if people know, I know you know, but like we used to have a great trolley system here. We had an amazing trolley system, and GM, and this is documented in the book Fast Food Nation by Eric Schlosser, uh, paid a ton of American cities to get rid of their trolley systems and replace them with GM buses. Yep. And that's why we don't have a trolley system. So thanks, General Motors. Stay the hell (laughs) out of our town. You know, stop messing with good things just so you can make a buck in the distant past. So uh, suffice to say, this is a very controversial yeah. initiative. It, it seems to be going through um, no matter what anyone thinks about it, right. <laughs> uh, which just makes everybody angrier. Right. But, you know, that's... So I thought know, what we'd do is we'd go back to last week and listen to what uh, Route 66 expert David Dunaway has right. to say about it. All right, let's do it. Okay. Thank you. 
various conditions at various times of the day and night, uh, have they considered what would happen when everyone gets off one of these buses and they go to both sides of the street? The one lane that's available will be completely stopped by people who are crossing away from the rapid transit stops. The project, I think, is ill thought through, ill planned. Uh, I like the idea of mass transit. Um, I'm not sure that Route 66 is the place for it. So that's what uh, David Dunaway has to say about it. What, what do you think? Oh, man, I think it, it's not a bad point about Lomas. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't feel like art is an inherently bad idea. It just seems like some of the specifics of it are, seem seem to be problematic, you know? Right, and um, it certainly has attracted the ire of the local business community mm-hmm. a great deal. Um, the, what, what I think he's, I mean, I think what he says about uh, Lomas is a good point, although one thing that I like about art is that it would service theoretically anyway, some of the poorest yeah. uh, people in Albuquerque who live along East Central. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that, that putting putting uh, art down uh, down Lomas would be as, as effective. Oh, there. interesting. That's probably true, yeah. It's not yeah. that much farther away, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, so what are the big objections to art? I guess um, one, you would, it would cut down a lot of trees. Over 100 trees would, mm-hmm. would get cut down, right? Yeah, the, uh, the ones that are in, on the medians and in the middle. And Albuquerque already has a problem with its tree cover going away. Actually, you know what I wanted to do? Huh. I have this um, MythBusters get the facts about Albuquerque Rapid Transit. Okay. Um, that I downloaded from the city. Okay. And uh, I thought maybe you could like give your criticisms okay. of it, and I would see if I could find the answers to okay. what they say, and then you can like tell me what you think of their answer. Okay. So uh, the trees. The trees. Okay, I think that's pretty. Yeah, myth. We will cut down all the trees on Central Avenue. Truth. The number of trees along Central Avenue will actually have a net increase of 30 trees because of the art project. Currently, we have approximately 384 trees along the route. Healthy, mature trees will be protected wherever possible, and some diseased and dying trees will be removed. In their place, we will plant new trees to increase the total number to approximately 418 trees within the project area when we are complete. The trees that are being removed are mostly in the center of the roadway, and the new trees will be planted mostly along the sidewalks to provide shade for pedestrians. Some trees are also being added to the median at stations. The new trees will be drought-tolerant and native species with upgraded irrigation systems to ensure water is provided consistently and efficiently. Hmm. In addition, more than 4,000 native and drought-tolerant plants and shrubs will be planted throughout the corridor because of art. Okay. So All what right. do you think? Does that answer well, your it concerns? Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean those specific trees aren't going to go away. And you, right. and you can't just replace uh, a mature tree. Some, sure. of the, some of those trees are big, beautiful sycamores. You can, yeah. you, you, And basically, what art would do is take the whole center lane of Central right now, which now is pretty much a turn lane generally, right? Right. Um, and it would take that, and it would turn that into a bus lane, and the speed limits would slow down on, uh, on Central, right? It would become a, a, slower, yeah. a slower thoroughfare, right? Right. So that's kind of a drag. Um, Okay, so that's the slower, so traffic will slow down. Right, right. So let's see. Uh, okay, so the removal of left turns along the route will hurt businesses and create safety problems. Is that? That's uh, kind of. I think that's another issue. But, okay, but so it, let's. Uh, but it would, in general, it would just it would change central to to a more more leisurely paced. Here we go. Traffic will be reduced to one lane throughout the entire project, and traffic will be unbearable. 
truth. That is truth? No. Huh. The following table shows the current number of general traffic lanes and the number of lanes proposed with the art traffic, mm-hmm. the art project. As you can see, only two segments will be reduced to one lane of traffic, which currently has two. In both of those segments, the city accommodated the requests of adjacent business districts and maintained metered on-street parking. So they're saying that the only place where it's going to be one lane is from San Pasquale to 10th Street, 10th to 1st, and 1st to University. And then it'll be two lanes through Knob Hill and then one lane from Gerard to Monroe. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, all right. Um, I mean, it, it would it would kind of change the nature of Central Avenue, right? I mean, okay. isn't isn't it going to like it's going to it's? I mean, I'm not saying this is bad necessarily, but it will be like just a different sort of sort of street, right? It won't be like cars zipping back and forth all right. the time. Yeah, it'll it'll be slowed down considerably because of that lane and people. Right. So tra- traveling across it, you know. Let's see. It says. The project is going to destroy historic districts. Okay. Um, as a myth? Do you think, right. Is that a myth that you're asserting? Not exactly. You're kind okay. of finding things I'm not saying. And I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find something that fits here. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is it would, it would change the nature of Central? A little bit, yeah. It would just change the feel of it. it would, I mean, I think that's yeah. fine. It's not a great feeling right. all the time anyway. But, um, you know, the, the trees going away. I, I, I've heard it would eliminate a ton of left turns, right? Yeah. Okay. It, so let's go to left turns because right. I have one for that. All right. All right. Um, the removal of left turns along the route will hurt businesses and create safety problems. Uh, the attached map illustrates all the locations along Central that will continue to have left turn access. And with art, these will all now be signalized and include a signalized U-turn phase. Mm. Mm. It is a common traffic design in cities across America and the world in thriving business corridors. Even in Albuquerque, this is a similar traffic design to other arterial roadways and commercial areas, mm. such as cores. Interesting. With art, Central will have dedicated signalized U-turns, so drivers will still be able to make designated left turns every 400 yards on average. Um, that these are safer for vehicles and pedestrians than uncontrolled left turns in and out of driveways and neighborhood streets like those that we enjoy along Central Avenue. Hmm, interesting. With the high pedestrian death rate in Albuquerque, especially along Central, we believe that this new traffic design will significantly improve safety while still providing convenient and safe opportunities for customers to get to their favorite businesses. Oh, wow. Man, I hate this kind of writing. I know, I know. But, you know, still, hey, on average, 400 yards, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know, and one thing I got to say is uh, I hate the lack of of current pedestrian crossings in places like Knob Hill, and it does look like that a lot of few of those. Yeah. How many times have you run from, like, across the... The, just with no crosswalk to that flying star and not. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's just many a time, many right. a time. Right. Yeah. I've actually like run into friends doing that. <laughs> oh, Hey, what's going on? Lindsay Ives. What's going on? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, like you have to do that. There's no, there, yeah. The things that you need there, it's not a great pedestrian street. And you know, maybe it is smart to, to, start looking at the street as something that favors pedestrians. I think so, actually. Bus, bus users over drivers. I mean, it's worked for Madrid. That's a great little yeah. town, and that's very anti-just speeding. And through. I think in Knob Hill, yeah. you get a lot of people crossing the street. But then, especially again, um, like San Mateo and Central yeah. are 
is an incredibly dangerous intersection for yeah. pedestrian deaths. Yeah. If there's a way to make that safer, generally I'm in favor. Didn't of it. you say you read that that's the most dangerous intersection oh, in America? I, I couldn't find that information. Oh, okay. That was you'd uh, heard that somewhere though. Yeah, well, I certainly know it's one of the one of the more it's dangerous okay. um, intersections in America. Interesting. So, so I mean, I, I think I'm in favor of that, and yeah. you know, I, I have to say I'm not as concerned about you know whether tourists can drive down right. Central at a at a reasonably fast right. clip. I'd much right. rather see people who live there's lives protected. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I do think we need better public transportation because a lot of people really rely on it. We we are a really poor city. I don't know. Maybe not everybody is, but a lot of people are really broke a lot and they rely on these on, right. on public transportation. For that right there, sometimes I feel like the arguments against it start to feel a little classist when I Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I hear about people railing against improved bus service or whatever, it it does kind of make me think like, well, that's maybe you don't ride the buses very much. Maybe, right. Maybe you don't need them because I r- have to ride them once in a while and they suck. Yeah, they do. And they're, and they're like, they're, <laughs> you know, like I, they pretty much, if it's after five o'clock and you need to get to the Northeast Heights, like, yeah. uh, I hope you like walking. Right. Because right. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, that's, you know, but then again, I, you know, do you remember, what was it? Was it Yale where they did all that construction for a long time by Free Radicals and those other little stores yeah. around there? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a total nightmare. It was nightmare. a disaster. That was a nightmare for years. Yeah. It was like five years of constant construction. Yes. And yes. we're going to have some of that with And this. people, it, yeah, people are rightly worried that yeah. that's going to happen again. And, um, and places went out of business because of it. It yeah, was like, you that's true. can't get into stuff. So, right. I mean, I, I see why local businesses are concerned about it. Um if you go to the guild, they give you like they have little papers in, sure. the, in the inside to tell you like what all the problems with it are going to be, including yeah. trees and left turns and the right. You know, there's not going to be a turn lane anymore. That that actually is a useful lane. People <laughs> use the turn lane now. That's going to be a bus lane on Central. Yeah, true. You know, um, so you know, I guess we should all take comfort in the fact that we don't really have any say in how anything is run. <laughs> whatever's going to happen, well, that's going to happen. You know, that's my number one criticism <laughs> of art is is how it's been rolled out. I yeah. feel like that that the impression is that it's being jammed down everyone's throats, and yeah. there hasn't been a, you know, a reasonable attempt to get like public comment from people who yeah. are, uh, live at the, uh, you know, yeah. who are business owners in the in the area. Hmm. Oh, and by the way, that's the most dangerous intersection in New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Yeah. Okay, not in the country, but right. it, is, it is a particularly dangerous intersection and. Oh. Uh, Good to know. Yeah, it's San Mateo is the most dangerous street in the state. So there you go. And I'd heard that the uh, where you get onto I twenty five from Central around U- Central and University is the busiest intersection in the state. Really? Yeah, oh, that's okay. what I'd heard. But uh, yeah, hmm. I don't know. I need well, to that. yeah, yeah. So we're looking at art coming through. It's probably going to come through at this point. I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any way it, to yeah. stop it. Yeah. And basically, in about five years, we can look back and and see. Yeah, you know, are, are, is my reserved optimism? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be turning out turned out to be correct? Is a, right. our friends uh, in the in the Knob Hill area who are worried about that it's going to shut down their businesses? Or, are they correct? You right. know, I don't know. And, right. Uh, I I hope I hope it works out for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I I don't know. Yeah. I I uh, I don't know. I hear David Dunham. You know, I think the, the concern about losing more of the character of Route 66. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a legitimate objection, you know? Yeah, you know? but... It's already pretty altered, but... Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's pretty altered. I mean, they just tore down the old Fox's Lounge the other day. Yeah. 
Which, you know, probably needed to be torn down, yeah. but it was a neat building. Yeah. Um, and it said booze and cruise on the side, which is cruise. like, every time I saw that, I was like, what another world. Yeah. I remember being <laughs> out here when the drive through the drive through liquor stores were happening. Oh, my God. Or like um, El, the uh, Sa- Desert Sands Motel, oh. you know, like. What's going to happen with that place? Do you know? It, it looks like it's total to me. I can't really? imagine it's going to live, uh, wow. survive. It's It's been, you know, at least. Half of it's burned to a crisp. Yeah. Um, I can't Insane imagine anybody's gonna gonna keep it. Yeah. All uh, right. Well. All right. Art. Yeah. So let's talk about next uh, episode. Oh yeah. What's this gonna lead into? Well, I'm thinking secret Albuquerque. All right. The secrets of Albuquerque. What's the connection between Route 66 and Secret Albuquerque? Uh, well, Route 66 goes through Albuquerque. All right. That is really thin. <laughs> well, work with me here. <laughs> All right. Let's do Secret Albuquerque. That's okay. And <laughs> on September 23rd, All right. we are going to have our first live performance and recording oh, yes. Come. at the Tanex Gallery, and it's going to be Secret UNM. I see. And we're going to learn all sorts of strange, dark history of the University of New Mexico. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Look at some of these photos Ty's been posting on Facebook. Follow yeah, us on Facebook um, and check those out there. Oh, man. Yeah. 11 UNM students uh, bayoneted in oh, 1970. There's a taste for you. Ah. Um, so please come up for that. It's going to be a blast. Man. Look it up on uh, Facebook. It's on our web, web page. Well, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, we're both looking for jobs. If anyone wants to, <laughs> to hire two people with master's degrees in creative writing, Ty and I are in the market. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're in the market. <laughs> Let um, us know. I want right. to thank our Patreon sponsors, uh, which has been uh, building up lately, and that's pretty awesome, I think. Um, we have Julie Bannerman, my mother. All right. Uh, Farrell Smith, your father, yes. right? Uh, They're still cool people yeah. just because we're related to them. We have Isaac Clark, who I have to say I do not know. Um, Christopher Suski mm-hmm. and Courtney Fitzgerald, who I think I'm married to. It's been about an hour since I talked to her, so I'm not sure. <laughs> and, of course, thanks to the Citizens Media Group for their so good. donation. And, uh, yeah, check out. Hey, you can check out our Patreon page. Um, just look up City on the Edge uh Patreon. Let's see. What is it actually called? It is called Patreon.com. No. God, I can't even. I'm gonna cut this part no out. No wonder no no one donates. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut out this part. This is all <laughs> not right. happening. None of this is happening. Okay, all right, good. Thanks. All right, here. Um five the best. This is a uh, yeah, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com okay. slash City on the Edge. And we've got some pretty good little awards. You can get a t shirt. Okay, you can get a really? yeah, we have yeah. t shirts now? We we are we are going to have t shirts oh. very soon. Okay, perfect. You're gonna be able to get a t shirt at the event as well. So anyway, check it out. Uh, consider uh, kicking us a little bit of cash so we can keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Or a lot. If you're or like a, a lot mi- of billionaire cash. and you're like, man, what do I do with this extra million dollars? Oh it's like, I can't put my feet on the coffee table. Yeah, yeah stop what you're doing and mail it right. in a briefcase. Right. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. All right. Take care.